Hello? Is this thing on? Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to our Odd Pod podcast. Oh, what's that about? It's a podcast dedicated to the odd, the macabre, and everything in between. And everything in between. The reason I ask is because it's been so long. It's been a while. It felt good to say. It really did feel good. I was thinking about it earlier, like, that's going to sound cool. (laughs) It's been a while because we lied and said... Well, I think you lied, really. We'll probably, oh yeah, because I did a little recording. We'll probably be back, you know, the first of the year. Well, it's February, February (laughs) 3rd. Yeah. One day removed, as I have been reminded at least 200 times from Groundhog's Day. Yeah, well, you completely glazed over Groundhog's Day like it doesn't even matter when it's legitimately the most important day of the year. You know what? I don't think that's true. I cried about it yesterday. I hope you no, know. No, you didn't. I did. No. I did. No, you didn't. I came home and... No wife of mine will cry about Groundhog Day. Well, I did yesterday because you just didn't care. Well, you know what? It's just every year I have a very real fear that it's going to repeat itself over and over again. So I try not to think about it. That sounds like an excuse, really. Well. Well, do you want to tell them why we're so late? Well, I told them we bought a house. Yeah, and then you got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I got COVID. <clears throat> I worked the longest weekend I've had in a very long time, and and my reward was COVID. And he brought home COVID. I was so excited, too, because after that, I had a week off. Well, a week turned into two weeks. It was like your week that was supposed to help me catch up on like house things. Right. Spoiler. And you basically died for the week. I did not catch up on much no not even sleep no (laughs) because for some reason i could not sleep no a lot of people i talked to said the only thing they could do is sleep what's that like and i could not no you remember i like you didn't eat or sleep for like three days it was a while i had prescription cough medicine which did nothing nothing i mean it helped me not cough that was cool but i took nyquil (laughs) and sleeping medication and was still awake so I should probably have died. <laughs> but you know what? I think not sleeping was also a good thing because I moved a lot. So like, I'm not sure if you remember. You did not move a lot. No, I don't mean like move around, jump around, do jumping jacks and shit. But on the couch, I couldn't get comfortable. So I moved a lot. Like I repositioned a lot. So I was moving a lot. Like, you know. Quote unquote moving a lot. <clears throat> well, in terms of not getting panomnia. Panomnia. Anyway, yes, I had COVID, okay? The day I was supposed to get my booster shot, I started feeling bad. Yeah. And there we go. I got the Omnicron. (laughs) On New Year's Day, no less. I know, dude. Or at least during the New Year's weekend. Yeah. So things got pushed back. Anyway, the moral of that very long rambling story is that... Billy's a liar. I'm a liar, and we're late doing this podcast. But we're back! But we're back, and actually, quite a few people have been asking, like, "Hey, when's the podcast coming back?" Oh Which yeah, kind of cool. It was. It felt nice. Thanks, guys. Yeah, especially Rachel, Mel. Uh, a, I was asked by a coworker who listens. Um, and I also had a oh, couple Kathy, of coworkers hi, like stumble upon the podcast, and I was like, "I'm so embarrassed." 
Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> She's embarrassed of our podcast, our baby. I'm mostly created. embarrassed whenever somebody just like talks to me. So that's fair. Anyway, so if you're listening, welcome. Welcome. And welcome back. Please and refrain from mentioning talk. at work because I don't want to. Um, so a fun thing has happened since the last time we recorded a podcast. You can now give ratings on Spotify. Oh, yeah. So that's a pretty big deal because we love Spotify. That's like my preferred listening method yeah. is Spotify. Spotify. So go ahead and rate us five stars. Yeah, five stars. You can like Only five our- stars. If you don't want to rate us five stars, just don't rate us yeah that's at all i'm just kidding i mean i'm like half joking i don't know you're very butthurt when someone put four stars but they didn't put a reason (laughs) right no they didn't like you could leave a review i don't know if you can do reviews on spotify but you can leave ratings anyway in this particular medium which was itunes we were given a four star rating and absolutely no review i was okay with it I'm just saying, if you're going to give us less than five, at least tell us why. <laughs> They're listening right now. What they have changed we, it to one. What did, what did we do? <laughs> right. Please tell me what criteria you had for us to get that one more star. <laughs> anyway. Hi. Hey. Well, you know That's what? all I got. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is your episode. No, that's all I've got. That, Sorry. It wasn't funny the first season. It's not funny now. Oh, it's a, is this the new season? We'll, I we'll guess call it might a new as well season. Be, yeah. Each year is like a new season. Let's, right? We'll do that. We'll take a break and then drop off the face of the earth for a little bit. Yeah. Every year around, uh, well, next, this year for sure around December because we'll be gone. We'll yeah. be in Rome unless you guys uh, at in Rome want to let us use your podcasting studio to do an episode. Yeah, that'd be cool. Since I know you have one because you started the program before I left. I'm talking to you, anyone who happens to be listening that works at that school. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's my episode, and I talk about something that I wanted to talk about for a while, but it kind of turned less into like these stories about the things happening and more into like why it happens, which I guess is interesting. What are we talking about? We're talking about dancing plagues. Ooh, like multiple plagues? Uh, yeah, actually, quite really? a few. Not just that, but like mass possessions. Mass possessions, which and is also dancing plagues, like surprisingly a very similar phenomenon. Shared psychosis, basically like a mass hysteria kind of thing. Yeah, weird. Okay, well, I'm so excited. So obviously, I could have talked about this forever, but you witnessed me earlier. Like, I think I, I think that's probably enough. Look, I, I could have gone on forever anyway, so it doesn't really matter to me. So, that's what we're talking about. Okay. Dancing Queens. Yes. Young and free. So, Only without 17. further ado, I guess I should probably start talking about it. you have anything that you want to say or add before we get going? Uh, Nope. Actually, uh, yes. Groundhog's Day was 2-22-22. Was it? It was 2 Two two twenty two, but at some point during the day it was also two twenty two. Wow. You see what I'm talking about with the Groundhog Day? <laughs> I didn't know it was two two twenty two. That was pretty cool. We have but... a second chance this month. It'll be two twenty two twenty two at two twenty two. It will not be 
2.22, will it? Oh, yeah, it will. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stupid. Welcome back. I'm dumb. Nothing has changed. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Anyway, let me actually start talking about this uh, this topic. Yeah, do that. In the interest of not being here all night. Oh, no, we're going to be here all night. No, we are not. I I quit one of my jobs. I can be here all night. <laughs> okay, well, um, if we're going to be here all night, I'm going to need one of those bedside toilet chairs. Oh, okay. Which you know what is gonna Amazon. Honestly, that real quick. I'm closer to that than I am to my birth at this point. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so in the year 1374. 13. 1374. It's weird that they had calendars back then. What? What? <laughs> They're like, what's a calendar? It's just one guy taking tick marks on a wall. Um, all along the valley of the River Rhine, in the Rhineland, you might say, hundreds of people in dozens of towns were overcome by a severe compulsion to dance. And, and you know, they honestly, dance, they can they... dance if they want to. <laughs> and if they don't dance, they're no friends of mine. Right. Lasting from many hours to several days, the people of these medieval villages quite literally danced until they dropped. Without pausing to eat, rest, or I'm assuming use the bathroom. Well, they used the bathroom while they were They're dancing. They're just like shitting while they danced. They're just I don't dance yep. shitting, which is now a thing. Just shitty dancing, really. Literally. These villagers were the victims of what has to be the strangest affliction in history. And it only took a matter of weeks until the irresistible dance a thon had spread across large areas of northeastern France and the Netherlands. It would take several months before the dance-edemic would tippity-tap tippity its way back from whence it came. First of all, how dare you? Dance-edemic is a good word. Dance-edemic? Dance-edemic. That's going to be the... Did you say tippy-toes in there too? Tippy, tippity-tap its way back from whence it Ugh. came. You're welcome. In the following century, there would be a few outbreaks of what I'm going to dub dance fever... I'm disgusted. But none of these isolated cases were much to shake a tail feather Stop. at. <laughs> <laughs> that is until 1518 when dance fever made an explosive reappearance <laughs> in the city of Strasbourg. In July 1518, residents of the city of Strasbourg, <laughs> then part of the Holy Roman Empire. If you're nasty. If you're nasty, we're struck by a sudden and seemingly uncontrollable urge to dance. The hysteria kicked off when a woman known as Frau Tofia stepped into the street and began to silently twist, twirl, and shake. That's really just me at work. She kept up her solo dance-a-thon for nearly a week. And before long, some three dozen other Straussburgias, I don't know, Straussburgies, had joined in. Bourgeois. Strauss bourgeois. With no other explanation for the phenomenon, local physicians blamed it on hot blood and suggested that afflicted simply gyrate the fever away. <laughs> Look, um, that's a fever you can't sweat out. Not dance fever. There's only one There's cure a very for that. select market of people that will understand what I just said. And that's to a you, fever you can't I sweat out? Tip my hat too. I don't get it. Yeah, that's fine. Is it like a, is that one of your emo things? What band is that from? 
I know it's from a band. Tell me the name of the band. Panic at the Disco. I thought so. I thought it would be something at the something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So a stage was constructed and professional dancers were brought in. The town even hired a band to provide backing music. Wait, so like, uh, let me just get this straight. It's like a group of people just like urging to dance in the middle of the street. And the, the like the city was like, yeah, you know what? we can get behind this. Let's bring in the professional dancers. You know what this, you know what they need? Music. They're like, yes. I think it's because the physicians were like, there's only one cure. They just got to dance. More cowbell. They got to get it out. Yeah, more cowbell. They just got to dance it out. At least they um, were like, witches. Well, we'll get to that. Oh, dear. Maybe not this specific scenario, but uh, the town hired a band to provide backing music, which I think is fucking hilarious. I think they're being very supportive of their citizens, which is like, honestly, not, you don't always see that. Right. (laughs) Not even today. But it wasn't long before the marathon started to take its toll. Many dancers collapsed from sheer exhaustion. That they do happen. Some even died from strokes and heart attacks. The strange episode didn't end until September... It started in July. It ended in September. <laughs> no thanks. When the dancers were whisked away to a mountaintop shrine to pray for absolution. While they were dancing? I, I don't know. Presumably. According to records or cassettes. Stop. The dance fever <laughs> encore consumed approximately 400 people of various ages and genders, culminating in the death of dozens of people. Okay. It was literally the dance of the dead. Strangely, an unspecified amount of time, let's say shortly before Straussberg cut all the <laughs> what rugs. What is this writing? <laughs> before Straussberg cut all the rugs, a slightly different but equally strange compulsion had worked its way into a Spanish Netherlands nunnery. Oh, the nuns were dancing. Not quite. Oh. In 1491, several nuns were said to have been possessed by devilish familiars. Okay. These spirits compelled them to run around like dogs, <laughs> imi- funny. imitate birds by jumping out of trees, and climb tree trunks like cats. I've tried. Mm. These, the, these type, he wrote, these types of possession outbreaks were not specific to nunneries, but strangely enough, nuns were super susceptible to shenanigans of this nature. In the 200 years that followed this early incarnation of the furry community, several nunneries... Wait, wait. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were acting like animals. Oh, Also, no offense to furries, um, I guess. Several nunneries from Rome to Paris were plunged into various states of kooky delirium. They're so quirky. The afflicted foamed from the mouth, screamed and convulsed. Sounds like Friday night at the Pentecostal church. It sounds like rabies. <laughs> Looking at you, Brownsville. Is it, we used to go to this church on Friday night, and oh. they, people literally did this. You know, like... Oh, like uh, Channel 2, late at night. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, they also made sexual propositions aimed at exorcists and priests. The nunneries did? The nuns did, yeah. Some even confessed. None of that. (laughs) Now she's getting into the spirit. Some even confessed to having carnal relations with devils or 
Jesus Christ himself. Jesus. Woo. Blasphemy in the 1500s. Saucy bastard. I'm sure that ended well. <laughs> yeah, it did. Jesus wink, is like, wink. you can't prove anything. <laughs> wink. It must be immaculate. Amen. <laughs> Amen. If you are anything like me, you are probably thinking that all of this is cuckoo bananas and there's no way it actually happened. Do you actually think it's cuckoo bananas, though? Uh... When I start, when I wrote this paragraph, yes. By the end, no. Oh, wow, you convinced yourself it was yeah. real. Wow, that's a good um, paper. Right. <laughs> well, nothing is impossible, only improbable. Apparently, there's clear evidence documented that states these wild and crazy nuns did, in fact, get all crazy in this time period. Meanwhile, they're getting jiggy with it in Strasbourg. <laughs> Not to mention the dancing plagues were independently described by boatloads of physicians, chroniclers, monks, and priests. Well, they were writing it down, weren't they? Uh, yeah. Hell, for the night for the fifteen eighteen outbreak, there exists the panicked municipal orders written by the Strasbourg authorities at the time of the foolishness, which I could not find, and I really wish can't I imagine why it's from the. In a similar vein, trial documents as well as the Inquisition's archives. Provide pretty, I'm sorry, provide plenty of in depth accounts of nuns doing the darndest things. <laughs> Find that on late night television. Right. Nuns do the darndest things. It's just like a bunch of nuns in a room, like <laughs> foaming at the mouth oh and my. shit. <laughs> Not what I. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Trying to. It's a little chaotic in here right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. It's been, I think we have the silliest because it's been so long. <laughs> now, obviously, many people, both then and now, have offered their own interpretations on the events. One popular suggestion concerning the dance dance revolutions of 1374 <laughs> and, <laughs> and 1518 were members of a heretical dancing cult heretical? doing heretical dancing cult things. That weird rhetoric. I'm pretty sure uh, they made a movie about this, Dirty Dancing. <laughs> More contemporary commentators have made it clear that their view of the dancing was a sickness. Let's call it hey. dancing queenitis. Are they going to get down with the sickness? Yes. Did you hear what we're calling it? Yeah, I just I, it was hard to hear the eye roll through the mic. <laughs> dancing queenitis? Young and sweet. Do you really want to get down with the sickness because I'm not getting down with the sickness vibes from you? Ooh, this ah, is ah, primo. Premium pun work going on Ooh, ah, ah, ah. Maybe it's not necessarily puns. These are all made up words. Anyway, oddly enough, the church at the time also believed the dancers to be nothing more than victims of some horrible affliction, either natural or divine. Either or. That's odd to me since the church at the time were on a burn heretics first, ask questions later page of the Bible. That's like when they were drowning witches. Yeah. Uh... Actually, the Inquisition is who re who is who investigated a lot of this. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> they really slid. <laughs> anyway, more recently, an acceptance of a simple biological explanation has grown. Yeah. This view states that epidemic madness of the past were caused by the ingestion of I don't know how to pronounce uh the mold form of this, but it's spelled ergo. Maybe ergo. Ergot. E-R-G-O-T, is a mold containing psychotropic chemicals. So technically, They're magic mushrooms are to just blame. Just high on magic mushrooms. Right. Accidentally Very tripping. saucy pizza. Yep. Extra saucy pizza. I mean, 
part of it was in the Netherlands. I mean, I hear they like their pizza extra saucy. Wank, wank. All caps. However. <laughs> I like how you wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> scholar type people in the fields of psychology, history, and anthropology have since provided evidence that dancing plagueitis and possessed nunapalooza were in <laughs> fact classic <laughs> cases of a little phenomenon called mass psychogenic illness. Yes, MPI. One big time clue to the cause of these hilariously bizarre outbreaks is the existence of a dissociative trance. This condition involves the dramatic loss of self-control. This seems to check out because it is hard to imagine people dancing for days on end until their feet are a bloody mess without them being in some altered state of consciousness. Yeah. Apparently there is eyewitness evidence that those afflicted with dance fever were not fully conscious. Weird. Were they like in a coma or? Uh, like a trance. Oh, yeah. Onlookers spoke of the of the maniac maniacs on the floor that were dancing like they'd never <laughs> danced before in 1374 as wild, frenzied, and seeing visions. I'm not sure how you can look at someone and know they are seeing visions, but, you know. I mean, like... Maybe, if they're like, I'm seeing visions. That's a pretty good indicator. Right? Well, they're probably just like mumbling or something one onlooker noted that while they danced their mind while they danced their minds were no longer clear another spoke of how having wearied themselves through dancing and jumping they went raging like beasts beasts over the land uh-huh so they're like dancing dancing then they're like they're just running around that's, that's how i imagine them anyway raging like beasts i mean obviously it's a rager that like just this is was this possibly the first rave oh <laughs> it's just like really early ancient it, it uh, like those weird silent raves that they were trying to make popular it um lynn's president chris la, 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 la. It, it's oh words are hard i can't word anyway i was gonna say like it supports the ancient ecstasy theory which is not a real theory i just made it up but it we took said it with confidence though yeah, half, eventually. The hundreds of possessed nuns described in the archives of the Catholic Inquisition were apparently also subjected to dissociative trance. Some of the nuns may even have simulated behavior deemed demonic as a means of eliciting positive attention. Ooh. However, the detailed descriptions of fully conscious inquisitors alleviates at least some of the doubt that most were genuinely, genuinely entranced. It is important to note that in terms of harshness, the years preceding the dancing epidemics fell somewhere in the super-duper harsh scale. <laughs> super-duper harsh. <laughs> I looked over and you're like so keyed in. What's the scale? For example, in 1374, one of the worst floods of the century affected many of the areas afflicted by dance fever. Apparently... Maybe it was in the water. Yeah. The alien dance plague. Well, you know, the funk fell in the water. That's where old Greg found it. So, Apparently, the waters of the Rhine rose 34 feet, sending floodwaters pouring over town walls, submerging homes and marketplaces, as well as drowning people and livestock. Not cool, bro. I know. How are we supposed to get around if our horses are drowned? In a similar vein, the decade before the Dancing Plague of 1518 saw famine, sickness, and terrible cold causing 
widespread despair in and around Strasbourg. <laughs> it's not funny. Why are you laughing? I'm a bad person. Bread prices were through the fucking roof. Can you believe the price of bread in fucking 15, 18 or Ooh, whatever? You know 15, what? Yeah, it was History is doomed to repeat itself. The price of bread these days. I know. It's 50. Ironically, it is 15, 18. $15.18 for bread right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Can you imagine? Yes. We would be, I think, a little, at least a few more years in the future. Um, bread prices were through the roof and reached their highest levels in a generation. Starving farmers and vine growers, which I'm assuming there was some kind of fruit on these vines. Because, I'm going to guess they're probably like winemakers. Yeah, being just a grower of vine seems like an odd Because you know it grows on wine, vines, right? Wine. Wine. Bottles of wine. Wine. Wine on the vine. Um, Straight from the vine, please. I'm just saying, he's like, what do you do for a living? I grow vines. I just put them on stuff. <laughs> Anyway, starving farmers and vine growers arrived at the city gates seeking aid or relief or literally just anything, something. In the meantime, old killers like leprosy and the plague were joined by their terrifying new friend, syphilis. You know, I think one of the last uh, leprosy colonies in the U.S. was actually here in Louisiana. Did you hear that from House? Was that on House? We just watched it. Oh, yeah, but I remember someone talking about it, too. Yeah? There was also a place where, like, they, it was like a TB ward, and they used to burn the bodies. So I think it's abandoned now, but you can go and, like, see the big chimney where the... Anyway. I would say that I want to go see that, but having been to, like, a concentration camp... Yeah. Maybe I just kind of hits different. It's real heavy. Yeah. So... We can't discount the correlation between horrible mental trauma and dissociation. I think it goes without saying that these were some pretty traumatic times. While nuns were protected from many of the realities of daily life, believe it or not, nunneries, perhaps unsurprisingly, could be pretty damn toxic in terms of psychological environments. I, I, I can imagine. Even in communities that might be considered well-managed, it was inevitable that some nuns would be unhappy. Sisters were made to live lives of quiet contemplation. Often this was more due to the wishes of their parents than any devotion or piety that they themselves might actually hold. Once inside, it was very hard to get out. It was basically blood in, blood out, but with habits. They were just like a, like a cult. Yeah. Actually, I don't think you had to kill anyone to get into a nunnery or necessarily die to get out, but it did sound pretty dramatic. Right? <laughs> blood in, blood out is like a movie about the mexican mafia in prison i understood you got it you heard yeah. of that movie no not the movie but i figured what blood in okay, blood cool. out meant you know all right i'm just making context sure. clues strangely those who embraced the spiritual life most devoutly were often among the more desperate weird the feeling of falling short of the standards of holiness enforced by your faith could be tormenting to a young devotee on top of that was the fear of the fiery depths of hell awaiting the impure. Mm. So that's a pretty big mindfuck, mm. you know. No likey. It can be hard enough on kids these days to navigate the ideas of faith heaped upon them by previous generations of their families. Can you imagine living in a convent when the church literally controlled the world? No thanks. Uh, yeah, like I said, tra mental trauma. 
A good example of what we have just discussed is the story of Jeannie de Angus, which is probably not how you pronounce that name. Agnes? She was Angus? the mother superior of the Luden nunnery in southern France. So she's the boss bitch of the nun house. Boss bitch of the nun house. Anyway, in 1627, she developed a bit of an infatuation with a local priest with the very sexy, sexy name of Father Grandier. Oh. Oh. Quote, when I did not... Quote, when I did not see him, I burned with desire for him. Ew, Agnes. (laughs) Ooh, Jeannie, behave, girl. (laughs) Consequently, Jeannie was overwhelmed with feelings of worthlessness and guilt. Following several... Girl, we all get that way. You just need to calm down. Just bring it back to Jesus. Following several weeks of penance and introspection, the Mother Superior fell into a state of dissociation. While in this state, she began to accuse Father Grandier of plotting with Satan. (laughs) What was the goal of this unholy duo? Well, obviously, it was to make her lust after him. Look, really? She's just sounding like half the girls on TikTok right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's the uh, 1600s equivalent of a thirst trap. Yeah. Within days of this accusation, several other nuns followed Jeannie's lead in playing the blame game with Grenier and... The Inquisition investigated and burned Grenier alive. What? No, Dad, no. So it seems like a deeply suppressed urge for human intim- intimacy might be a pretty good culprit for the triggering of collective breakdowns. And I guess her uh, love language was physical touch. I'm guessing her love language was immolation. At least mm. this seems to have been the case at the Luden Nunnery. This is thought to be the reason why during their possessions, dissociating nuns would behave in ways that were super lewd. Oh, it was like the exorcist. Yes. <clears throat> she wasn't a nun, but... They would lift their habits, simulate fucking, Oof. and even give their demons names uh, such as dog's dick, oh. fornication, Gross. and my favorite, ash-colored pussy. Stop it. No. Yes. That's disgusting. How would you like to be a demon named like Dickwart or Asphart or something like that? You know what that sounds like? They're like one of those name generators that you find on like Facebook now. (laughs) It's like a child trying to swear. (laughs) (laughs) Dickfart. Just imagine you're like, you're a demon. They're like, all right, I'm a demon. Well, it sounds very like- um, Who dare summon the all-powerful Dickwart? Well, like, it makes sense because like, anytime you see like in an exorcist, it's always like the person being exorcised is saying something very lewd or very like uh, graphic, and it never sounds like it's um right natural. It's always yeah. like, and it it's like a kind of a demonic possession stereotype that they behave that way. Yeah, which is something we'll get into. Oh, will we? Um, which is funny about I'm like fornication and fornication and dog's dick and shit like that. Uh, are being weird names for demons, but have you ever seen like Puritans names? Yeah, they had weird fucking names like too. Dust. Man. Yeah, or like uh, Fear God Johansson or some shit like that. Turn from God, sinners or some shit like weird names. Oh, I love it. Anyway, ash colored pussy versus. See, like we're like TikTok. That part paragraph comes straight from OnlyFans. What does? Fornication, dick wart. Oh, yeah. Ash-colored pussy. Yep. 
straight from it. It's like a demonic OnlyFans. In the 1400s, moving on. We have not. <laughs> we have not what? Gotten far. <laughs> in the 1400s, an evangelical reform movement swept through convents and nunneries. So remember how we're talking about how they're kind of stressful places? Yeah. Well, stand by. <laughs> it's about to get worse. Oh, no. It was pretty extreme. So you can see why a nun's mental and emotional fortitude was constantly pushed to the absolute limit. In an attempt to restore the harsh spiritual codes of earlier centuries, more harsh than the current century, in which I will remind you they just burned a dude alive because a nun was horny for him. Oh, Nuns were instructed to cons- Father, please. Nuns were constructed to consume the least delicious foods. Like what? Okay, maybe not the least delicious, but just bland ass food. Like plain rice. Probably. Like just not flavorful. Like Gruel. they didn't go any out of their way to make food taste good. Oatmeal. Uh grits so without butter. This was to remove any lingering vanity that they might have. Lingering vanity? Yeah. <clears throat> Cuz you know, you're so vain if you want your food to taste good. Don't you dare add butter to your grits there. So they were also made to adopt strict regimes of abstinence and self-abasement, basically belittling. I think we like figured that, right? Like we knew that wasn't happening. They can't even add like salt. But like this is even, you know, I thought that was something that already happened. But like yeah, now they're made to like be super abstinent and kind of belittle or humiliate yourself, you know, in front of God or whatever. Oh, I already knew that was happening. That part doesn't bother me as much. On top of all that, they should regularly meditate on the evils of Satan and the fiery death metal paradise of hell. A fiery death metal. Fiery death metal paradise of hell. Yes. This was... That sorry. was my clubhouse name in high school. <laughs> That's what I called my locker. Uh-huh. Um, this was made especially difficult by the fact that many nuns were often the younger daughters of nobles or rich burgers. We are the rich da- hamburgers. Wait, what is, what is this? We are the daughters of the witches you didn't burn. What is that from? I don't know. Internet? Is it a TikTok thing? No. Anyway. It's a meme thing. Got you. So needless to say, they did not just adjust well. To, they did not adjust well to the flavorless slop, pillowless beds, or boring-ass evenings with no music or conversation. Yes, straight up not having a good time. Uh, Because they're like noble kids, you know? Yeah. Their parents just send them to the convent to like keep them pure or whatever. Anyway. They're like, we're done with you. Go over there. So the arrival of reformist mother superiors directly preceded a significant spike in the number of mass possessions. Which is weird. It's almost like they were resisting the only way they really could, you know? Or Mm. just checking out. For example, the Ursuline nuns of Oxani in eastern France experienced what is described as a possession crisis in 1658. Okay. This was after the appointment of the evangelical mother superior Barbe Bouvet, which is probably not how you say her name, (laughs) to their nunnery. For several years, the distressed and dissociating Ursuline nuns accused her of being a witch. Mm. They said she killed babies and was a lesbian. That's a lot of accusations being thrown around there. Because I guess killing babies isn't bad enough. Not only does she kill babies, she is a lesbian. I know. What the hell, man? 
Eventually, the baby-killing, woman-loving witch was exonerated, <laughs> but she was assigned to a different nunnery, after which, surprise, surprise, the possession crisis fizzled out. Weird. Weird. So weird. That's so quirky. What a I know. You may or may not be surprised to learn that mass possession also affected secular communities. No. Yeah. So it is becoming pretty clear that stress is definitely playing a big role in these occurrences. Can't imagine why. The girls who set off the Salem witch panic in New England in 1962 with their, quote, grievous fits and Wait. hideous clamors and screeching. What year? 1962. Oh, shit. 1692. <laughs> uh, we're part of a, straight from the 60s. <laughs> straight from the 60s. We're part of a community that was just absolutely plagued with factional strife. Uh, they also lived during a time where terror over potential attacks from nearby Native American tribes was a very real thing. Apparently, several people at the heart of the witchcraft accusations had already lost family members in clashes with some of the nearby tribes. That's a whole other issue. So that's pretty stressful. I mean, like, not in any way to imply that the natives were at fault because, I mean, Oh, like, no, no, no. Um, just saying. That's a whole other Clashes issue. with them happened and people died. It was a stressful time for everybody. While fear, anguish, and other strong emotions were clearly the common denominators in dancing plagues and mass possessions, this is only part of the story. Numerous studies of various modern possession cults popping up in a variety of cultures, from Haiti to the Arctic, expose a pattern of people being more likely to experience dissociative trance if they already believe in the possibility of possession. Basically, our minds can be prepped either by direct learning or passive exposure to shift into altered states of consciousness. Mm. Kind of think voodoo, right? That's a big part of yeah. you know, being possessed by the Lao and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Anthropologist Erica Borjignan nailed it. <laughs> spoke on an environment of belief. These are basically a set of accepted ideas about the spiritual world and our interaction with it that members of certain communities absorb. This prepares them to later achieve a state of possession. Mm -hmm. That is not to say that you need to be explicitly trained for possession. For example, <laughs> the dancers of 1374 and 1518 were not trained for possession. Rather, they inhabited an environment of belief that really emphasized the threat of possession or bewitchment. Interesting. They didn't necessarily want to enter dissociative states, but their specific metaphysical beliefs made it possible for them to do so. Interesting. Interesting. It's also interesting if we look at the cultural context in which these events occurred. For example, these events often happened in religious houses. Uh, also, men were far less likely to be the victims of mass possession. Uh, but it makes sense if you think about it, the day-to-day -day lives of nuns were just soaked in that mystical, supernatural bullshit that we all love. Yeah. Daily, especially during the reforms, their minds were just filled with the ideas of devils and demons and Satan, right? And they were like told to think about these things. Right. They really and truly believed that possession was an actual possibility. So in a way, this made them more susceptible to it. Right, right, right. Ironically... Evangelical mother superiors, which were like the reformist mother superiors, right? Uh -huh. Increased their vulnerability by encouraging trance and ecstasy. These were <laughs> not the drug. Uh, <laughs> these were mind-altering forms of worship from which anyone can see the direct line to their dissociative states. 
on top of all of that, women were, and in some cases still are, made to carry Eve's guilt. Yeah. They kind of imbued, they're kind of imbued with this idea that they are the tainted heirs of Eve. So obviously they're more likely liable to succumb to Satan. While this is an obvious trope and very misogynistic, you can see how it increased their suggestibility. Yeah, I don't know if you heard that eye roll. Oh, I felt it. (laughs) This is why when one stressed, hungry, and socially starved nun would faint, foam from the mouth, and convulse while speaking in tongues, there were always a really good chance that some of the more suggestible of her sisters would experience the same type of dissociation. Mm. Because their sister freaking out was just the evidence they needed to convince them that Satan was in fact stalking the halls of their nunnery, thirsty for impure souls. It's all icky. Finally, modern anthropology and psychology also reveal that in societies where people are encouraged to enter trance states in order to contact the spirit world, they tend to behave in ways they have already experienced in their culture and communities. There's no reason not to believe that the victims of dancing plagues and mass possession were also displaying behaviors that aligned with their own theology and stories of possession therein, right? Mm -hmm. So like basically they're behaving the way they've seen people behave. Like this is how I'm acting when I'm possessed because this is how people act when they're possessed. This is how I see people act when they are possessed. So it's all ritual, you know? Um, It makes sense. And apparently I missed this before, but there was a belief that dancing curses could be sent down from heaven or up from hell. And that's pretty strong evidence that dancing plagues stemmed from cultural belief systems within the communities in which they occurred, in that the dancers in 1374 believed that Satan had unleashed a horrible dance upon them. So not only did they dance like no one was watching, they also begged for Sweet Jeebie to intervene. And they scurried <laughs> off to holy ground and gladly accepted exorcisms. Alternatively, the people of Strasbourg in 1518 were convinced that a saint called Vitus, or Vetus, had unleashed their dancing curse. So uh-huh. once they entered their possessed state, they seemed to act in accordance to the St. Vetus myth. Who's the patriot saints of dance. Which included dancing for days on end. I'm not sure. Is he actually? Oh, I don't know. Oh. I, just... I should have looked him up. The dance turned into an epidemic, just like the one in 1374, because each new victim added further credibility to the belief in some supernatural origin. So the Strasbourg epidemic is an excellent example of the power of suggestion because I know you're thinking, how, Billy? Well, I'm going to tell you. The city authorities, in their infinite wisdom, gathered the dancers together and left them to dance in some of the most public spaces. Right. I'm assuming because those are the places that had the most room. Well, yeah, probably town square or something. Right. Either way, they basically guaranteed that the outbreak would get completely out of hand because as we've mentioned several (laughs) times, early man was a big dum-dum and we're operating on some monkey see, monkey do bullshit. Theological conventions also factored heavily into the behavior of demonic nuns. We can see this from the fact that almost all of the possession epidemics happened within the same 300-year period. That is from around 1400 to the early 1700s. Uh, interestingly, it was only during this period that religious writers insisted on the possibility of such events. Theologians, inquisitors, and exorcists established the rules of mass demonic possession to which dissociating nuns unconsciously conformed, writhing, foaming, convulsing, dancing, laughing, speaking in tongues, and making obscene gestures and propositions. 
While these were shocking, they were totally stereotypical performances that were 100% completely based on deep-seated and pre-existing beliefs about the depravity of Satan Ooh, drawn from religious writings. They were fake. As well as reported accounts from previous possessions. So distress and the pious fear of indoctrination worked together to produce the outbreaks of dancing and possession. Nice. I are. like your take on the dancing plague. Yes, my totally 100% my own take on well, it. Well, I mean, like, there's other ways to describe, like, dancing plague because um, I think it was, uh, well, I know it was this podcast will kill you. They tried to diagnose what the dancing plague actually was. So instead of, like, mass hysteria or, like, mass, you've only said, talked about it the entire thing. Mass possession. Mass possession or, like, mass hysteria. Yeah, they were thinking that it was like, like either like mold spores or like, um, some doctors thought it was like miasma. We did talk about mold spores too, ergo. Yeah. Um, but like that was just something people thought. I mean, like if you really look at it right now, it's it's not even like crazy fringe religious groups, right? Right now, we could probably drive ten minutes down the street and find a church where they like speak in tongues. And they shake and people like pass out. Yeah. You've been to churches like that, right? I haven't been to a church like that, but I am aware of them. We used to go every Friday night to a big church in Pensacola. Oh, Sheena. Where did you take my husband? And it was pretty nuts, but like you could, you saw it. And like as a kid, you get into it. Like it seemed kind of fun. So, hey, you did it too, you know? So like you can kind of see where. I can only imagine a tiny Sean. Just following this dude around. Like I want to do the fainting thing. Like. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. No, so. I liked it. I haven't heard that. Uh, that particular side of it. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's we... always been like the um, like the the medical side of it. Like what caused it? Interesting. And I mean, it's not not medical. It's psychological. You know. Well, yeah, it is medical, but I just mean like. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, what I mean is just it all kind of connects. Well, yeah. But I know what you is mean. Is that like health, like mental? Health is healthcare. Mm-hmm. Whoa. I know, crazy, right? What a concept. <laughs> a concept, no, but I liked it. Yeah. Um, maybe we, you know, have like a unique take in the podcasting world on oh. dancing plague. Anyway, that's all I have. That's great. Uh I'm gonna end abruptly because I really have to go to the bathroom. Okay, well then I'll I'll take us out if you want. If you need to just go. I mean, I have time to take us out. <laughs> but go ahead. I was just going to say, um, this podcast will kill you does a podcast on Dancing Plague. So does uh, Sawbones, a oh, marital nice. tour of misguided medicine does a, a podcast on Dancing Plague. They do like a different take on it. And I love that podcast. So. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Let's shout out some of our favorite podcasts. Hell yeah. Um, also, you can find us at www.ouroddpodpodcast.com. <gasps> yeah, you can. And you can find us on almost every pretty much everywhere you can listen to podcasts oh look you know you can do you can add podcasts to facebook now too really yeah i keep getting emails about it our personal favorite is spotify which as we mentioned you can uh rate now on spotify so yeah you can make us look good guys maybe we'll pop up you know organically in people's podcast searches Ooh. uh but that's really all i've got you got anything to add no I'm so glad to be back. I know. It feels really good to be back. And sorry if it felt kind of sloppy. I don't know. We'll get back into the rhythm. Will we? 
Probably not. Have we ever been in a rhythm? No. <laughs> but with that being said, uh, we, we are the Boneses, Boneses and, and we, we are out. out.